One of the things I remember the Lord said was he was blowing a prophetic wind in, in this church. Okay, yes, that was, that, that's, that's 100% right, 100% right. There's a prophetic wind that's blowing in this house on his people. That was definitely on. So, so now, now hear me. Y'all can't be afraid if I ask you, do you, is there something God is saying for the house? Don't be looking at me cross-eyed. It's an opportunity to exercise. All right? Amen? All right, so okay. So, um, so I'm going to go now. One, one thing that y'all are going to learn about me, if you've, any of y'all have been in a prayer school, you'll realize that I, and even when I preach, I'm a person that goes back over stuff. I want to make sure that we are hearing and hearing and hearing. Then we have some new people today that are here. God bless you. God bless you. Let's thank God for them. All right. So I want to, but I, I want to go backwards a little bit. I want to walk through again some of the things that we dealt with last week because I know a lot of the stuff I spoke about y'all wrote, but y'all didn't, y'all didn't really catch it. Y'all was like, hey, yes, amen. But it wasn't really there. So let's walk back through some of it because I had a few of you that said to me, well, can you go back over this stuff that you went? And so I'm like, I got you. So um, let, let's just start with some of the things that we're going to be learning in this prophetic class. All right. We're going to be learning um, knowing your prophetic lane. We talked a little bit about that, and I'm going to get into that in maybe in a week or two. Knowing your prophetic lane, we're going to, we're going to, and I'm going to go quick through this. Uh, we're going to talk about testing and judging prophetic words. How do you do it? How do you do it biblically? We're going to talk about what constitutes prophetic failure and success. We're going to talk about prophetic pitfalls, prophetic pitfalls. And I'm actually making this into a manual that, um, that I'm, I'm going to make available for you guys uh, very soon. Um, we're going to talk about prophetic development. Prophetic development. We're going to talk about growing in the prophetic anointing. And we're going to talk about what do you do before and after the word of the Lord is released. What do you do before and after the word of the Lord is released as a prophet? We're going to talk about ways to receive revelation. We're going to talk about visions, visitations, trances, and the voice of God. Visions, visitations, trances in the voice of God. Some of the stuff you've never heard of, but we're going to delve into it. We're going to talk about practicing the prophetic. We're going to talk about prophetic accountability. Prophetic discipline. We're going to talk about breaking the spirit of competition in the house. We're going to talk about prophetic wounds. How unhealed wounds can stifle your gift and mess up your ear. All right. Then we're going to talk about how the spirit of the prophet being subject to the prophet. All right. All right. And then um, we're also going to talk about uh, we'll do this maybe today. Maybe we'll get to this part today. We're going to talk about the spirit of prophecy, the gift of prophecy, prophetic ministry and the office of the prophet. I think we'll go there today if we have time. Spirit of prophecy, gift of prophecy, prophetic ministry, and the office of the prophet. We'll talk about those today. Um, so we said that all you're going to need in this, in this class is just um, a willingness to grow, to learn, and to exercise your gifts, all right? And submit those gifts to the house for use. And then we talked about um, document, take some notes, make sure that you are in a place where you are uh, and I, I realize that all y'all have photographic memories, but make sure that you, uh, t- God bless you, make sure that you are writing stuff down, taking notes, all right? Documenting this class, even if you got to write, type, and scribble, whatever you got to do. Um, I'm going to do my best to tailor the class from um, 9 a.m. to around about 10 o'clock, 10, 15. Last week we went right to 11 o'clock, but we're not going to do that this week because it was just good. Um, and so we said we're going to be meeting on the second and fourth weeks of every month, all right? Um, try to be pr- present in the class. I understand that things happen. I understand that things are going on, but try to be present for this class. Amen. 
we're recording every class on MP3. We'll release those to you um, on the evening of that Sunday. And so my goal for this class is to exercise us in the gifts, to get us flowing in the gifts, to get us moving in the gifts. And um, I want to release us into different capacities of, prof of, of prophecy in the house. I want to release us into different levels of prophecy. Lastly, we said that this is a free class. It's a free class, amen. But I am asking that if this class is blessing you sometime on the week of the class to just sow a seed into your man of God, amen. Do that cash at me. Do something. Just Whatever the Lord lays on your heart. There's no specific amount, but if, if the Lord lays on your heart throughout that week, just sow a seed, all right? It takes time and energy and prayer to get this stuff together. I'm not, I'm not copying and pasting from somebody else's book. This is all my stuff. Amen. So it takes time to put this stuff together. It takes time to get it all compiled. Amen. If anybody's ever taught a class, if you ever preached a sermon, you know it takes time. Amen. And so I want to make sure that we do that. Uh, we said that um, when you do that, it's a form of honor. And anything that you sow into, you reap the anointing of that thing. All right. So if I'm if 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 I'm um, if if my if my bishop is talking to me and he's just 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 enlightening me, just giving me words, I make sure to cash up him something because he didn't have to sit there and take his time to pour into me in any way. I make sure I honor the gift because I want more of that anointing. Amen. All right. Um, and so we gave you scripture on all that. And so. We said that um, last week that the, that the number one way to develop in the prophetic is, or prophetic expression, is to draw closer to, to the Lord Jesus. Spend time in his presence. You have to spend time in the presence of God if you want to flow at a deeper level of the gift. We're going to talk about that in the next week or so, uh, the different levels in, of, of the gift. We talked about that. So, so prayer is important for prophetic people. Amen. Yes. Say that prayer is important, prayer is important. for prophetic people. Then we said that if you're gonna if you're gonna uh, flow in the in, in the gift deeper, you have to live a life of repentance. You have to live a life of repentance. Word study. We talked about that. How how studying the word is important. Amen. We talked about prayer. We, we we talked about submission to God and submission to leadership. So that's some of the things that we dealt with on last week. And so um, my my real purpose for this class is to really to get you to understand the technology and the mechanics of your gift. Understand how it works, how it flows. Have you ever have you ever met someone and say, "Well, how do you do that? How do you prophesy like that?" And you were like, "Well, it's, it's God," <laughs> and you really don't know the mechanics of the gift. How do you how do you get it? How do you get that gift to stay operational all times? How do you get that gift flowing at all times? How do you how do you keep that gift always ready? So I want this is some of the things that we're going to learn in this class. I want to teach you how to how to understand the technology and the mechanics of your gift, whether it is dreams and visions, whether it is uh, whether it is uh, prophetic utterances, prophetic words, um, even prophetic drawings. They're, because they're, all of it, all of it works together. Amen. Um, and so um, we talked a little bit about the diversities in First uh, Corinthians twelve. Y'all remember that First Corinthians twelve, and again, it's, it's on last week's um, MP three. But um, uh, we, we talked about it that the Bible says that there are diversities of gift, gifts, but the same Spirit. And so we said diversities means there are many divisions of the gift, different divisions of the gift. But everybody say the same Spirit. Amen. Then he says in verse number five that there are different administrations of the gift, but the same Lord. So administrations is governing power. Governing power. Then we said that, then he says in verse number six, there are diversities of operations, diversities of operations. And, and, and it says, but, but it's the same God which worketh in, 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 in all. Now we said that the only thing that, 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 ha, that has changed, uh, something's changed in, in all of those verses, some things haven't changed in all those verses. Diversities, administrations, and operations from one person to another change. Diversities, 
diversities, administrations, and operations change from each person. So in, in each person, uh, both of us have the same prophetic gift. They, I, I can be at a different level of it. And I can flow at it at a different level. And, and the way, the way that, that, that that gift is administrated could be different than is administrated for you. So I can come to you and let's say my lane is, we talked about lanes last week. So one person's lane is dates and times. I can tell you that on November 7th, 12 years ago on November 7th, that's, that's a lane. If I try to say, if, now that, and, and that, is, that is an administration of the gift. If I have dates, but I try to go backwards in time, that might not be my level of administration. I may be able to go forward and say, on September of this year. Mine may only be months. Does that make sense? Everybody has a different administration, although, although you might be at the same level. So both of us can, can, can prophesy dates. Both of us can prophesy names, but I may only get letters. I see an S, T, and a U. What does that mean to you? A person may say, I see Studebaker. Who, who is Studebaker? That's my, that's my maiden name. Different administrations, because, but, but depending on how much you've yielded to the gift, no matter, and, and depending on how, how much you've yielded yourself to that lane, it opens up to you. So a lot of times, you, what you'll see is a lot of times prophets will, you, you'll, uh, you'll, you'll sense a lot of times and see prophets will do a lot of what I call prophetic babble. They'll talk a lot. Because what they're really doing is they're really honing in on their lane so that they can hear from God, hear, hear what the Spirit is saying, so that, they, so that they can give you what God is saying. So a lot of times you'll see prophets, they'll talk a whole lot. Say, hey, you stand up, and then they'll start talking. Anybody ever seen anything like that before? Prophets will have someone, hey, you in the, in the black, stand up. They, they know the person that God wants them to minister to. They just don't have all of the download yet. So what they do is that person stands and they'll start talking. Because, you, you know, God wants to do something great in this house. And they say, blah, 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 blah. And then God says, now, I want to say to you to come back to the person. They haven't forgotten what's going on. They just don't have the download yet. Another person, like with, with the way my gift operates is, I know exactly what God is saying at the moment that he tells me to tell the person to stand up. The same, same level, but different administration. Make sense? Does that make sense? All right. So um, don't get intimidated because somebody else is, operates on your level but has a different administration. It doesn't make somebody else more deeper because they can, they can get a whole name, but you get le a few letters. And I think a lot of times when we start looking at giftings, we compare ourselves to people who are on our level. Y'all don't do that. Sometimes... I'll say sometimes what we do is we say, I can't do that. So, I'll, so what we do is we diminish the gift because we see that somebody else is operating at a different level or a different administration. And we say, that I, all I got was, okay, a good example of that was last week. Asha had, had a word. Her word was dead on. And then Sister Tashika came right behind her and expounded on the one word. Did y'all see that? Same gift, but different levels of administration and different levels of openness for the, for, for the administration. Don't, don't, don't say, in, if, if I was Asha, I would have been like, thank God I had the word. You see what I'm saying? As opposed to, as opposed to I didn't have eight, eight sentences. So what I do is the next time, don't call on me because my level ain't, is not, you, you see what I'm saying? A lot of times what we do is we don't, because we don't exercise enough, then what happens is we, we stay at one level and we don't, we, don't get, we don't get depth in that level so we can go to a higher level. Now, levels operate like this. The deeper you go on a level, the higher you go. You see what I'm saying? You go to another level when you can operate in that, in that gift and get a depth in the gift at that level. Does that make sense? So if I'm prophesying and I have, um, let's say, uh, information about, let's say, uh, 
prophetically my area's emotion. I can sense that there's something going on with, with a person's emotion. I say, okay, I'll say, hey, Reese, I, I sense in the spirit that, you know, that, that, that you've been down in your emotions, but this is what the Lord is saying. This is why this is happening, and this is what the Lord is about to do, right? Now, I can sense that, right? A lot of times what, what, what we do is we try to, well, did I know anything about it? Did anybody say anything to me about it? And we take too much time thinking. We think too much, and the moment you put natural reasoning in with a spiritual gift, is disaster. Now, how many of us can honestly say that we have we, that thinking has messed us up with the gift a lot of times? And, and just to be natural, naturally, you know. Okay, so I hear the Lord, and now we start thinking. Before I start saying this, what do I know? And how and how long is this going to be? And we, what we do, is we, our mind just starts going. You're going to have to learn how to be able to move the mind to the side and get the mind of Christ. And how do you do that? Through prayer, through study, and through discipline. Fasting. Ooh, y'all don't want to hear that. Discipline. The only way that your mind can operate like that is to do a level of discipline. How, so the question is, how often do you discipline your mind? How often do you take, take thoughts captive and stop yourself from thinking a certain way? How often do you make yourself think a certain way? A lot of times we don't, we don't spend enough time practicing and really dealing with our mind. So because fear, fear doesn't come on you as a, as a, as a spirit like you're going to feel fear. Fear is, a, is something that comes in the mind. And based on how, how deep it is in your mind, now you start feeling. So how often do you take authority over things that happen in your mind? Do you take authority over your thought life? Do you speak to yourself and say, uh-uh, I'm not going to think like that. Now this is what I am going to think about. Like what we do is a lot of times we think we think on things that don't have any way of, of pushing us into the gift that God's given us. All right, so that, that, that's just the difference, different areas that we were talking about with um, diversities of operation, all right? Oh, excuse me one second. Let me just do this. Uh, my phone is just acting up a little bit. Give me one second. All right. Um, so we said that there are different diversities, operations, and administrations. We're going to talk about that in a little bit, a little bit more. Um, then we talked about this, that prophetic people are highly sensitive people. Prophetic people are sensitive people. Doesn't mean you walk around crying all day. I just feel something God is saying to me. But we, say we are sensitive people. You have to be sensitive to be a prophetic person. I didn't say you have to be a baby to be a prophetic person. I said you have to be sensitive to be a prophetic person. How do I know I'm prophetic? How sensitive are you? Can God stop you in your tracks and you think you're right and you're really wrong? Are you sensitive enough to his voice to hear him for you first? Because one of the biggest things that people do is, I heard what the Lord told me for you. Meanwhile, their own life is going downhill quickly and they have heard nothing about themselves. I told you last week, the first person I prophesy all the time to is me. I prophesy to myself. And this is what we all should practice doing. Look in the mirror and hear what the Lord is saying to you about you. And prophesy to yourself about the season you're in. Prophesy about your money. Prophesy. My wife will tell you, I don't, I don't prophesy to y'all as much as I prophesy to me about us. I prophesy. I prophesy. I got pages. I will be in prayer and I'll be like, Lord, what are you doing in this season for our family? 
What are you doing? And pay, I start writing pages. Do, 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 start writing, writing scriptures, scriptures, what the Lord is saying. And I'll say, hey, babe, this is what the Lord, I, this is what I hear, hear the Lord saying about our family. And I prophesy to our family. This is what the Lord is saying to us. This is where we're heading to. This is what we're about to see. This is, where, this is what we're about to step into. This is what you need to be careful of. These are the person, the people that's going to come to your school. This is what's going to happen. This, this is how you exercise a gift. You exercise a gift personally first. Find somebody. If it's only you living by yourself, then your best friend will probably be the person you prophesy to the most. If you have family members that live with you, prophesy to them. Hey, can I share the word of the Lord that God is saying for you for this week? Let me tell you how your week is going to go. And then, and then don't, be, don't be afraid to come back and say, so at the end of the week, how on was I? It's, it's practice. If you don't practice it, if you don't practice with the gift, then the gift you'll never go to a deeper level of the gift or go higher in the gift because it, it takes what practice. You have to do it. Amen. Somebody, y'all, come on. Got to say, say, I have to practice, have to practice. Continually. continually. All right. So, so we, we dealt with all those things, and then we we kind of dealt with um um. Oh, oh, so we were talking about the prophetic people are sensitive. We said that we're always weighing things. How many of you can honestly say you're always weighing things? What people say, a situation that's going on, you're weighing. I'm like, what is really going on here? Is what they're saying really true? What's, what's really happening here? What, anybody do that a lot? Then you're definitely a prophetic person. You're definitely a prophetic person. It's in our nature to do so. It's in our nature to weigh things. Watch this. But the enemy knows this. So what he's all, so the way he tries to disrupt that is by he comes at your self-esteem. So prophetic people have to fight a lot through self-esteem issues. And I mean, y'all don't want to say, man, you know it's true. The enemy is always coming after your self-esteem in some kind of way. He wants to get people to say the wrong thing to you. He wants to get someone who's close to you to wound you, to stab you, to jab you, to hit you. Because what he wants you to do is always second guess yourself and the gift that you possess. If you second guess yourself, then guess what? When it comes time to speak boldly, you're going to speak half boldly and you're going to mess up. And then it means failure in the prophetic. We'll talk about that in one week. Failure in the prophetic means that you have to, you have to get rid of a past failure. Because a lot of times what happens is we mess up because what someone jabbed us with is still in our memory bank. What they said does is still plaguing us. So when it comes time to be bold, next time I'm not going to be as bold because the last time somebody told me that I got a loud mouth and that and this and that the other. Now all that's weighing on me. So now when it comes time for me to do the will of God and speak prophetic word, I can't really do that with accuracy because I'm thinking, am I being too forceful? Is it now I'm second guessing. Anytime you draw back, especially in the prophetic gift, once you start drawing back, you start losing. You always lose. If I'm going to be wrong, let me be wrong and bold. Makes sense? I'd rather be wrong and bold and somebody say, that was really off. And be like, okay, my bad. Let me go back to the drawing board. Rather than be right and timid. Say, I need, say this, I need more boldness. Come on, say, I need more boldness. Could you just walk up to someone in the middle of the mall and say, hey, I hear the word of the Lord for you. And don't care what they think. And even if they tell you wrong, but you know you heard from God. Because they don't want to submit to the word. Could you leave that and be like, I'm, I'm going to do this for the whole day? <laughs> a lot of people wouldn't. All right, so then we talked about balance. You have to have balance as a prophetic person. Then this is what I wanted to come back to because some of y'all was like, no, thank you. You have to have balance. 
You have to have balance as a prophetic person. If not, you're going to become spooky and you're going to become irrelevant. Amen, somebody. With as much time as you spend in the presence of the Lord, you need to spend time doing normal things. Be a person. Be a person. Be a person. Come out your prayer closet every once in a while. Go to the park. Go to the amusement park. Get on the ride. Scream and holler. Amen. Go out to dinner. Laugh with folks. Don't be by yourself up in some corner somewhere talking about I'm hearing from God. No, 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 no. No, that don't work because you're going to be, because you're going to, watch this, you're going to lose the personal touch. This is, when, this is when prophets become rigid. You ever seen somebody just like, okay, I'll give you a good example. I'll give you a good example. Years ago, Prophetess Morgan used to be like that. Very rigid. How you doing? Fine, highly favored. Hear the word of the Lord. Like, I just want to say hi. I just want to give you a hug. I just want to give you a hug, mom. I just want to say I love you. She was very rigid. Anybody remember the old days, Prophetess Morgan from back when we was at the, some of y'all? Prophetess Morgan was rigid. She's rigid, like, <sighs> on prophetically, had the word of the Lord, anointed, lay hands on sick, they recover, all these gifts, but rigid as a person because she didn't know how to pull out the prayer closet. She didn't know when to say enough was enough and be a normal person, go out to dinner. So one day I was speaking to her. She said, give me the word of the Lord. I said, no, I'm going to give you the word of HR. The word of HR is you need to come out that closet and go to dinner and have fun and do something else. And she's, she, I, hear, I hear the word of the Lord. I hear what you're saying, but I, I got I to do the will of God. I said, well, listen, you can't do the will of God if, you, if your mind is jacked up and you all cooked up because you didn't been in the closet and don't have no personal enjoyment. She said, okay, okay. Then a year later, we saw her and Mama Morgan had her hair down. I said, wait a minute, wait a minute. She wasn't wearing no, no cotton stockings. Mama Morgan was out there. She came out, had a little short sleeve tank top shirt on. I was like, wait a minute. Anybody saw it at the last one for the conference? Mama Morgan was out there. She had a little, I said, come on. Had a little hair up in a swirl. I was like, come on. Another time she had a little shirt that came down here on the arm. I said, wait a minute. I said, what happened? She said, I took your advice. I heard what you said. Now, now, is she still anointed? Yes. Still gifted? Yes. Still on point? Yes. But she was missing out on being a regular person. Because prophets can get wrapped up in the gift and hearing God and seeing and understanding. Oh, God, I hear you. Oh, Lord Jesus, I see that about this person. We can do all of that, that we start to get rigid, all right? So you have to have a normal life. Go to the movies. Go to the aquarium. Go for a drive. Your soul is going to need time to process and heal outside of time that you spend on your gift. Amen. Amen. I know some of y'all, we would like, oh, please, this is hard. Your soul needs time to process. You know, a lot of times people throw themselves in, into gift things because, because their soul is jacked up. So if I spend more time prophesying and telling everybody what they say of the Lord... Have you ever heard people say, like, like people say, like, I was ministering everybody, and I went home, and I was crying myself to sleep. Why do you have to cry yourself to sleep when you got the same God that delivered them should be the same God who delivers you? But a lot of people throw themselves into their gifts so much that they spend no time on personal development. Your soul needs time to heal. You need time for, for soul development. Amen? Mind, will, and emotions. Because all of those are going to be key for, prop, for prophesying and being a prophetic person. Everything that comes is filtered through your soul and your spirit. If your soul is jacked up, then everything that you do is going to be jacked up. 
So if you're hurt, then you, most prophetic people who are hurt, you listen to them prophesy, and everybody's going to hell, and damnation's coming to your home, and in three days, the angel of death's going to visit your home and shake your, turn your home upside down, and you're like, why are you so, why are you so angry? Why are you so angry? They're angry because their soul hasn't healed from the stuff that happened to them. So everything that comes from God, although God may be given a warning, they take the warning further because they're wounded. Now I'm a, I'm a, now it is a warning, but Lord, you can, you can, you can give a warning in love. All right, all right. So uh, let's see where we were. So we talked about the uh, the, the the gifts, nine gifts of the Spirit. We talked about the the power gifts, uh, the revelatory gifts, and the speaking gifts. All right. So I'm not gonna go through all that. Y'all just l listen to the listen to the MP3. So we talked about all those. We talked about the word of knowledge. Remember that? Um, let me see. Let me get to where we need to be today. All right. So um, this is where we'll start today. Prophecy and being a prophetic person, it operates off of three things we talked about last week. And then this is the last thing we're going to go over. And we'll, this will slide on into where we need to be today. Trust, boldness, and modesty. Prophecy operates off of trust, boldness, and modesty. Trust, boldness, and modesty. So let's, let's talk about those three things, trust. I trust God that when I open my mouth, he's going to fill it. So what is trust? Trust is being settled in God's reliability. God's reliability. So if you're a prophetic person and you rely on yourself, you're always going to suffer with self-confidence. If you trust in you, and your trust is mainly on what you wanted, what you feel about yourself or what you feel about what God is speaking through you. And, and, and you're, you're, you're always looking at yourself. You're, you're really trusting you. And most of us realize we can't trust us. So the moment you start trusting you is the moment you start becoming iffy. So if someone said, hey, give me the, give me, give me the word of the Lord for what God's going to do in service today. If you trust you, the first thing you're going to start thinking is why did he call me? What, what in the world do I got to say? I don't see nothing. I should have to say nothing. Your trust is on you. Your trust is on you. So, so, so there's a lack of trust in God. So with every decision you make, how much do you trust God? If that becomes a norm for your life, I'm trusting God with every decision. When it comes time to step out in the gift, then you're going to be stepping out in trust. Because it's become the habit. Remember what I've been talking about on Sunday. It's not just something that, 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 that is fleeing. It's, this is what I do. I trust God with this, every decision I make. I trust God in my relationships. I trust him with my walk with him. So I should be able to trust him with the gift. So if I trust him with the gift, then there's nothing for me to step out into number two. It is being bold, boldness. What is boldness? Boldness is really willingness to take risks and risks and act on them. Willingness to take risks and act. In order to be bold, you have to be willing to take a risk. Because you can be bold and be wrong. That, that's a chance you got to take. And a lot of people don't like that because it makes you vulnerable. Are you willing to be vulnerable and be a prophet? Are you willing to be bold, willing to take a risk, and act on it because listen people who are bold also also have to be innovative bold people are innovative people that means you have to be an original 
We saw that last week with every every person who prophesied. Then Mama Morgan got up and said, Forward, march, forward. You know, she, she came and said, I hear the word of the Lord said, Forward. Now, can't nobody do that? That's her. She's original. That's her. Right? She's innovative. That's that that's the level of, of being of being innovative. You have to, you gotta wear your skin good. As a prophet, you gotta wear your skin. If that if you don't got forward, don't try to give it to my forward, because you're gonna look crazy because you're out of character. Unless, unless that's what God is telling you to do. You see what I'm saying? But you gotta be in it. You gotta have to be, you gotta be comfortable in your skin to be original. Original. Don't try to copy nobody. Don't try to talk like nobody. This is why I hate preachers that just be like, and God said. The first one, you don't talk like that in your everyday life. You're talking like somebody else. Like, I don't do that kind of stuff. When I go to preach, when I'm preaching, I don't, I don't, God said to the house today, God is going to do something mighty for his people. I just, that, that gets under my skin because I'm like, dude, you don't talk like that regularly. You're just in the back office. I'm like, hey, what's up, man? How you doing? Talk like that to the people because now we can receive you because you're original. You, come on, you're innovative because you're being yourself. Y'all yo, yo, get what I'm saying? Like, don't do that. That aggravates me. Like, it just ag- when people do that, my, my spirit just goes, I go to sleep. I'm looking at you, but I haven't heard a word you're saying because you right now, sir, ma'am, are getting under everything that I'm trying to keep under the blood. Just be your, see, as a prophet, say, I have to be myself. I have to be innovative. I have to be original and creative. That means within your sphere of who God's called you to be, be, be yourself, be original, but be creative in that area. So if y'all see me, I, I'm just, I'm me. I don't care. I'm me if I'm here. I'm me if I'm preaching for my, for my bishop, if I'm preaching around the country. I'm a hop, skip, jump, holler, speak in tongues. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to tell jokes. I, that's just who I am. I'm, I'm me. And if you ain't like me, then you shouldn't have called me to this church to preach. That's how I operate. I'm just Because if I'm not me, then I feel stifled. If I'm not me, I feel stifled. Now, now, I, know, I hear y'all because I know you Come on, tell it because you just want to be wayward. Let me help you. While you're being you and being original, you have to also follow the order of the house. So when I go to a place and they say, hey, um, here, we don't wear jeans and sneakers. We need you to wear, wear a suit. I can't be like, no, I'm being me. I'm original. You're stifling my gift and my anointing. No, the order of that house is dress up. There's one house that I, that I know that, 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 I, that I went to, and they said, if you say anything in the mic, we don't want you speaking in tongues. That's just the rule of their house. We don't want you speaking in tongues in, this, in, the, in the microphone because that's just what we don't, we don't do that. That's what they do, and God released me. That's my assignment. I can't go in there and I know y'all told me to speak in tongues. They're going to take that microphone and go sit down somewhere. I don't care how much you feel stifled, you better double the whole shot out of my heart. And God said. <laughs> but speaking tongues when you're in the office, rata, rata, or the, for the whole hour, get all out just come on. But see, what happens when you're in different when you're in different arenas? If you go in and you okay, if you if you have prophet to nations, then then you're not gonna be prophesying to local people. God is preparing you to prophesy to kings and queens, other people and dignitaries. You can't get in a, in a space of a dignitary talking about call out my shanda. They're going to be like, what are you saying? Back up something. You're too loud. Stop. You sitting at dinner eating tea 
drinking tea, thank you. Drinking tea with a king over in Africa in a small setting. You ain't got to, you, your tongue, you should have got your tongues in at the hotel. This is why gift works, gifting works off of relationship. How much time do you spend in the presence of God before you operate in your gift? How much time do you spend in the presence of God, praying in the spirit, hearing God, having visions, going into trances, all the kind of stuff? How much time do you spend there before, it comes time to, before it's time to minister? Because that's going to determine how you minister. Outside of the people, before I see y'all, I'm praying in the spirit. So when I get here, I don't have to go, I don't have to do that because I didn't spend time. I can just go. I can flow. We should be somebody say, I have to be ready to flow at all times. All right. Um, so boldness is possessing confidence and courage. Confidence and courage. When you're, when you're bold, you have confidence and courage. But you know what that is? It's a part of self-esteem. If you don't have self-esteem, you'll never, be, you'll, never be, you'll never be bold without self-esteem. So this is all foundational stuff. This is not like, I mean, this, uh, I got some deep stuff we're going to get into, real deep stuff we're going to get into. This is just foundational stuff. So a lot of, a lot of our, a lot of our um, confidence and our, and our courage, lack, the lack of it comes because of our own self-esteem issues. So one of the things you're going to have to do is you're going to have to work on the areas where you've been wounded. Spend time, go back in prayer, go to the areas of wounds and hurts and stabbings and all those things and forgive. Don't just put it under the blood. Forgive folks. Release them from everything they've done to you so that you can be whole. Because the gift, the giftings that are within you won't flow freely if your soul isn't right. I can't stress that enough. If your soul isn't right, I don't care how prophetic you are, it's, it's going to be marred with hurt. Your gift is going to come out with hurt, all right? So, listen to this. Fear, fear shows up when you're more secure in your flesh than his spirit. Fear shows up when you're more secure in your flesh than in his spirit. Fear shows up when you're more secure in your flesh than in his spirit. Fear shows up when you're more secure in your flesh than in his spirit. You don't need me to say it again? Fear shows up when you're more secure in your flesh than in his spirit. You know, the Bible says God has not given us a spirit of fear. That word fear is timidity or being timid. The word, that word means easily frightened. Easily frightened. This is a person who has not spent enough time in the presence of God. The more, I spend, the more time I spend in his presence is the more he takes care of my fears. So are you afraid of being in front of people? The way, the way to overcome that is not to throw somebody in front of people. It's in private, get rid of, get rid of, or go back to ask the Holy Spirit to take you back to the point of pain or the point of where the fear opened up that you were afraid to be in front of people. It didn't just, you didn't just come out like that. Think about any child, any child that that's 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 not abused, that hasn't been abused. Like watch this, um, Blake or Bryce, one of come up here for a second. Who wants to talk in the mic? Look, he's running. Come here, come say something in the mic. Stand up. Say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Say I love Jesus. Love Jesus. Wanna say praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is good. God is good. Say, I'm a I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. Say I'm a prophet. I'm a prophet. All right, thank y'all. Sit down. 
Now, do y'all see like they, they were eager to get up here to the mic? Because we haven't, they haven't been abused. There's nothing, they, they, the life that they're living is a life that's, that's good for them. So fear isn't even a part of their vocabulary. It's not a part of their nature. Now, a lot of us, if I say, hey, come up here and speak for five minutes on what God's speaking in the spirit, you'd be like, oh, Lord. That don't mean that you didn't have a good childhood. It just means that somewhere, somewhere, something emotionally happened to you with people that caused you to shut down in an area. It don't mean that you don't have the gift. It don't mean that you're not prophetic. It don't mean that God can't use you. But what it means is that you could stifle the gift because somewhere you got to let something go. See, all of this stuff is like, this is like base stuff because before we get into hearing God and we get into the supernatural and I start teaching about the the aspects of your mind and start talking about visions and trances and how to set yourself up to go and all that. Before we start talking about all that kind of stuff, we got to, we got to deal with the the areas of ourselves that really are, that really mean something to God and help the gift. Because a lot of times, how many, how many have ever taken a prophetic class before? Somewhat of a prophetic class. Now, people talk about prophets and where prophets originated from and Old Testament prophets and this and that and the other. But, but most, of the, most of the time, what, what we don't deal with is the wounds of the soul. What we don't deal with is the things that, that keep us from being able to flow in the gift. It's not that you don't have the gift. Most, most people don't even need, you don't even really need someone to teach you how to prophesy. What you really need to do is get healed from the wounds in your soul so that what's in you can come out of you. Like that's the biggest thing. That for me, that's the biggest thing. That this is this is how you get to the mechanics and the and, and the technology of the gift. What's inside of you has to be healed. If it's now think about this. Anybody who knows nutrition knows this. Like if your gut is messed up, then your health is messed up. Anybody know that? If the gut if your if your gut is messed up, then you, then your whole right. Am I telling the truth? If your gut is messed up, then your health is really you can be skinny but have a, a bad gut and everything is messed up in your body. Cold flu vomiting, diarrhea, all kind of stuff is happening because, because some, somewhere in your gut there's something wrong. Now watch this. In your, in your, if this is the same in the, in, the, in the spirit. If your soul is messed up, no matter how gifted you are, you can see through a, a wall, but, but now, and, and I've known prophets like this. You can see through a wall, but if, if, but if your soul is messed up, then everything that flows up out of you is going to be corrupted. Your mind... God has not given the spirit of timidity, fear. That's that op that comes from the mind. It affects the will. And it affects the emotions. You feel fear, but really fear originated in your mind. Y'all getting that? All right, so a lot of that has to do with, 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 the, with those things. All right, so. Um, hmm. Write this down, write this down. Um. Because a lot of, we were talking about fear now. Write this down. I can't be afraid to mess up. I've been honing this point for a few weeks now at this church. I, I can't be afraid to mess up. Many times what we, what we call fear of messing up is really pride. I don't want to say the wrong thing. We, we, we look at that as a person as being really noble. When the truth is they're operating out of pride. Oh, Lord. So the Bible says in Proverbs 16 and 18, listen to what it says. Pride, pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before fall. Anybody even really studied what haughty means? The word haughty means, it, now listen, write, it, write, this, write this down. It means self-important. Self-important. 
So pride comes before destruction, but being self-important hits before fall. So a person who's always me, 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 what I feel. So think about this. How many times have, have, you, have you had an unction from God to speak something or you knew something and you were called to say, but you shied away? And it ever happened to anybody? A lot of times that's pride. That's not fear. We say it's fear because it's masked in fear. But it's pride because what you're doing is trying to preserve yourself from being from saying something that you don't really believe that you don't believe 100% that God is saying. So you're trying to save yourself from what you think is the embarrassment of doing or saying something wrong, and it's not fear, it's pride. Because what you're doing is you're you you're, you're, you think that yourself is more important, so you don't want to mess up in front of people because you don't want to be embarrassed. That's pride. So pride, now write this down, pride, and, I, I, and I, this, is, this is just really foundational stuff, but pride is an inside fight. Pride is an inside fight, so somebody can be proud and hide it 100%. You can be like, that person's so meek. No, no, that's why you have to have discernment of spirits. Not just discernment, discernment of spirits, because it's a spirit, pride is a spirit. All right, so let me give you some synonyms, and y'all not going to be able to write all of this down, but let me give you some synonyms of haughty, proud, vain, arrogant, conceited, snobbish, stuck up, pompous, self-important, superior, egotistical, condescending. Here's a big one. Not teachable. Haughty spirit comes before fall because a person doesn't want to be taught. Patronizing, smug, disdainful, overbearing, lordy, high-minded, full of oneself, uh, cocky, big-headed, puffed up, and high and mighty. So those are synonyms of haughty. The Bible says whenever you see any of those things, a fall is coming. Now, why am I dealing with this? Because you can be gifted, but be very proud. Especially when you know something that other people don't know. The prophet, God will give you inside information. You can know something about a person, and they don't know you know it. That doesn't give you one up on them. It means you got to become an intercessor. We talked about that last week. So if, if, if I'm around you and I, and, I, and I get an unction about something that's happening, God's showing me something, the word of knowledge is coming about something, it doesn't mean I'm supposed to share it all the time. A lot of times the word of knowledge comes to a prophet because the prophet's first office is an intercessor. So if I get around you and I feel the spirit of, the, the spirit of, of, of let's say, sadness or, or, you know, I get around you and I always want to weep. I start, and and I, start, I, say, I start probing that. I say, God, what's really going on with this brother? What's going on with the sister? And the Lord says, they're, they're, they're in mourning over something that happened to them 10 years ago. I don't, I don't come at you and say, hey, the Lord showed me you're mourning over something. Let it go, brother. It's not the first thing I do. The first thing I do is I have to become an intercessor for the problem. So this is where a lot of prophets go wrong. The gift starts working. They start getting the word of knowledge. They start understanding something about people. Then they go straight to the person. You could damage somebody's life by going to them if they're already in mourning and say, you're mourning over something. And now, now if I come over you and start rebuking you about what you're mourning about, because in the Old Testament, they came and said, why are you mourning? 
You're not an Old Testament prophet. And the reason for, now, now watch this, the reason for Old Testament prophets, the re, you know, anybody know the reason for Old Testament prophets? The reason why they were prophets in the Old Testament was because people didn't want to hear from God. They, they said, in Exodus, I'm, and I'll give you the scripture a little later. In Exodus, they said, they said to Moses, we don't want to hear from God, we want to hear from you. We're afraid of him, so you speak to us. And for that reason, Moses became the prophet. And prophets from, that, from, from then on started emerging on the scene because the people didn't want to hear from God. Did, did God want to talk to the people? Yes. Could he? No. Why? Because they closed their ears to him. So prophets started emerging. He started anointing men and even women to stand up and say, this is what God is saying. But if you go further after that, when Joel comes on the scene, he says, in the last days. God said, I'm going to pour out my spirit on all flesh and your sons and daughters. What, what was happening? The veil was being broken. God was saying, I want to talk to y'all now. I want, now, I, I want to speak to you, sons and daughters. Y'all getting now? Right. And we, we, we're going to delve into that. So, um, Prophets are prophetic people who don't walk in humility. If you don't do that, God deals with them severely. People who are prophetic that don't walk in humility, God deals with them severely. They encounter heavy loss. They encounter heavy seasons of going through. Why? Because God considers prophets and prophetic people to be mouthpieces in the earth. So there is a weight and a cost that comes with being a prophetic person or prophet. People have a hard time cutting away the mouthpiece from the mouth. So if you're a mouthpiece, when, you, when, you, when a prophet or prophetic person speaks, people hear God. But if the prophet's life is contrary to God, it gives God a bad name. So then God has to deal with the, with the mouthpiece because they're messing up who he is in the eyes of the people. So if, if you notice, people who are prophetic are judged, judged 10 times more than anybody else. Okay, I'll give you a good example of that. Anybody ever done the same thing that somebody else did and it seemed like God almost skinned you alive and took your life? You're like, God, why are I getting so much trouble? Why in the world can I do what they do? Everybody else went out to the movies. They watching the movie on a sex scene. Everybody like, whoa. You're like, oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. And you guys said, turn your eyes. You're like, no, I'm watching this. Then the next day, all hell broke loose. And you're like, God, why? Why is this happening? Because I told you to turn your face. I told you to protect your eyes. Like you ever heard, okay, if anybody's never heard this before, you might not be prophetic. Have you ever heard you can't get away with, with what everybody else is doing? Anybody ever heard that? Y'all are prophetic people. Everybody else is doing it. You jump in and it seems like you're the only person to get caught. And you're the only person that got caught. You're the only person that said, the one in the red did it. You're like, it was 12 of us. We all was there. Ain't nobody else speaking up. You taking a hit for everybody. Like, what is, why am I getting singled out? Why they said that? Okay, another, another one is this. As a prophetic person, has anybody ever blamed you for something you didn't do? Yes. And you're like, I didn't, it, it didn't even happen like that. It didn't happen like that. This is what I said. This is what they said. No, that's not what you said. You said you hated me and you told me to go to hell. You're like, I didn't say that to you. Maybe you heard me wrong. Nope, it's the exact words you said. You want to know what happened? The enemy's trying to discredit you from talking again. The fight that comes to prophetic people are different than other fights that come to other people. 
And because you're prophetic, when the fight hits you, you internalize it. Because remember, we weigh everything. You internalize it, you start thinking on it, you're like, why? How do I come out of this? How long? Now, David was prophetic. Look at David's writings in the Psalms. How long, Lord? How long will I go through this? Y'all ever see the, the writings in the Psalms about David talking like that? He's talking because he's, he, Lord, how long am I going to have to go through this? Why are they prospering and I'm not prospering? What's going on here? He's a prophet. Now, if you ever want to understand a prophetic person, read the Psalms. David's, David's writings were not just songs. They were his, his heart being poured out. How long, Lord, will you judge me? How long are my enemies going to rise up against me? When are you going to step in? Isn't it enough? Haven't you punished me enough? Prophetic people a lot of times feel like they're dealt with unjustly, but the truth is not that you haven't been dealt with unjustly. It is the chastening of the Lord that grows you. Whew, if I could just stop there, we could just, I feel the anointing that came right in on that. It is the chastening of the Lord that grows us. This is how you know that you haven't moved too far away from God. Whew, glory. Because when he chastens you, the Bible says, whom the Lord loves. I tell you, who I feel the glory of God. And chastening to prophetic people feels like death. It feels like that. I don't care what nobody says. It feels like death. When you're going through a dry season, but you've sown good seeds, and you're sowing everything you've gotten, and you say, God's going to reward me, and the reward is dry. The reward is nothing comes back. The reward is you've given all your money, and the reward is your tax return. They say, oh, you know what? We, ha- we actually, we, act- you, you, we, 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 we missed this on the return, but you owe 3000 out of your 5000 You're like, wait a minute, Lord, what are you doing? I was expecting for you to come through because I've been sowing and giving everything I got. The chastening of the Lord grows you. This is how you know that God still loves you and that with the gift he put inside of you, he's still near you. Because what is he after? What is he after? A broken and a contrite heart. Because when your heart is broken and contrite, you stay connected to him and you you don't rely on yourself, you rely on him. He doesn't despise you, he comes closer to you. This is why his way is not your way. Because your way would be like, just reward me. He's like, no, I'm going to beat you. (laughs) You're like, why? Because I don't want anything in you to mess up what I put in you. I don't want anything in you to mess up what I put in you. So I, I have to chastise you to get it out of you. So you can stay pure before me. Now, if y'all don't remember anything else I'm saying, remember this. As a prophetic person, your number one goal is to stay pure before God. Your number one goal is to stay pure before God. Forget people. Forget trying to give an accurate word to people. Stay pure before God. You'll always be accurate. I hope this is blessing you. If you can stay pure before God, some of the things that mess up your purity, sexual sins, your mouth, your heart, your attitude. Sexual sins are like top on the list. Your heart, your mind, your attitude. Staying pure before God does not mean that you don't fall into sin ever. But what it means is you have to, you have to stay in a place where you are where you have given yourself so over to God that you avoid these things. Does that make sense? 
Remember this. You're going to be baited by people who have the devil in them to get you to come out of character, to say things, to do things. Because remember, as a prophet, you are a mouthpiece. And this is what I don't think a lot of prophetic people understand is that if you speak the wrong thing, you can kill a situation. You can kill a situation. I ain't never going to be with you anyway. You know what? Matter of fact, you ain't never going to be with nobody good. You can kill, you can kill a situation in a, in a person's life. Is that serious? Is that serious? But, but watch this. This is what we don't do. We can, if, we, if, you not, if you have the power that you can kill something in somebody's life, kill, you can kill something in your own life, you can also bring life in every situation. So what we don't do is we don't speak enough into our stuff. As prophets, when's the last time you prophesied to your money? I command this money to come. You did it for three days and you stopped because you didn't see nothing coming. The issue is you have, and, and this is this is something I've learned. You can speak you can speak death to something and it happens like overnight. But when you start speaking life, you got to continually speak life and 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 life. You want to know why? Because what you're speaking to has been dead for so long. You have to resuscitate it with the words that come out of your mouth. So you almost have to speak life 10 times more than you have to speak death. Death is the nature of the earth. Oof, this is good stuff. Death is the nature of the earth. So, so on earth, everything that lives eventually has to die. So when you speak death to a situation, what you're doing is you're, you're connecting a situation back to the earth. But when you start speaking life, you're connecting something that is connected to the earth. You're unplugging it from the earth and plugging it back to God. So now the power of God has to resuscitate something. Remember the boy that was dead, Lord help me. The boy that was dead and Elijah came and, 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 and he, first of all, Elijah said, take the staff and go put it on him. And it looked like nothing happened. The boy did not come back. This is the, um, uh, the Shunammite woman's son. Put the staff on the boy, nothing happened. Nothing happened to the natural eye, but something started moving. Gives word back to Elijah. He's still dead. Elijah said, I'm coming. He comes and lays on top of the boy. Eye to eye, nose, nose, mouth to mouth. And he breathes into the boy. And the boy starts sneezing. Sneezes seven times and comes back to life. What happened? It took more strength for life to come back. But he died in an instant. It's all over the Bible. As prophets, the Bible said, the Bible said the power of life and death is in your tongue. It's, it's a thousand times magnified for a prophetic person or prophet. A regular person will be like, you know what? I don't ever want this to happen again. And it won't happen again. But then they say, you know what? I want this to happen again. And then it, it just seems like nothing is it, just done. This is why a prophet has to come and speak and say, hey. Okay, I'll give you a good example. You want to know why the Shunammite woman had a son? Because her womb was dead. And who did it take to tell her she was going to have a baby next time this year? A prophet. He spoke life into an area in her womb that had been dead. Whether her and her husband said we can't conceive, they spoke death to it. She said, we wanted a baby. So how come they didn't have a baby? In that instance, God didn't close up their womb. They closed up the womb. But in the instance of Hannah, God shut the womb up. Watch this. You can't birth a prophet and don't be a prophet yourself. It has to come out of the loins. So Hannah was really a prophetess. Y'all don't want to hear me. This stuff. Why? She birthed a prophet, a major prophet. She was a prophetess. Watch this. And things didn't change. God shut up her womb, right? 
Did the Bible ever say that God opened up, that, that God said, I'm going to open the womb? No. She started praying and she vowed. What was that? Life. Write this down if you're taking notes. A vow equals life. So a lot of us haven't seen anything come because you've been saying money come forth, money come forth, money come forth. I command my money to come forth, but you haven't made a vow with the money you're going to get. She, God closed up her womb, but it wasn't until she went to the house of God and said, she prayed and said, Lord, if you give me the child, I'll dedicate him back to you. He'll serve you the rest of his days. I, as soon as he's able to be weaned off the breast, I'm, I'll give him to you. I'll take him to the temple and bring him to you. She got up and at that moment, God said, it's done. The vow that you make brings life. This is how you resuscitate something quick. I'm giving you all the good secrets. This is how you resuscitate something that looks like it's been dead for a long time. Make a vow. Now, don't make the vow and don't keep it because it could mean life or death. The Bible says if you're not going to make the if you're not going to follow through with the vow, don't make the vow. Don't tell God to make you a millionaire and then you're going to bless people for the rest of your days. And then you get the million dollars and then five million and God say, now buy this person a house. That's 300,000. So you got to be very careful. I hope this blessing, y'all. All right, let's, let's move because I, don't, I, don't, I got like two minutes. All right. Um, so... Um, Write this down. I have to always listen for the inner check. And this is just, from just regular foundational stuff. I have to always listen for the inner check. Inner check. No matter what else is going on, a prophet has to always listen for the inner check of God. Really the Holy Spirit within them. So as messengers, you cannot disconnect. We can't disconnect you. You can't disconnect yourself really from the spirit of the message that God's giving. So watch this. If you're connected, if, if, if you're a prophet and preaching or teaching is happening, something in you ought to be stirring. God ought to be speaking to you because you're connected to the house. God ought to be speaking to you about your level of prophetic involvement with the word that's being preached. What am I going to do about that? What am I supposed to do with that? What am I, how am I supposed to take this forward? This is why, this is why I believe that my gift started moving quickly because any any ministry I sat under my objective was I'm playing I'm, I'm an organist I'm playing I'm hearing the word and my, my objective is not just to be playing behind the, org, the, the preacher my objective is what am I supposed to do with what he's preaching so I went home and started praying Lord what am I supposed to do with what he's preaching the Lord said I need you to encourage these five people in the church let them know that, they, that, that, that what he's preaching is going to happen in their lives this, I was doing this from, she'll tell you from the time she came to church as a minister. I would get off that piano at the end of service and I'm working the crowd because my job as a prophet was to build people. And you'll see this in the word. The Bible says that, it's that, the, that, that as a prophet, your job is to bring people into full maturity. Not just to give people words and, and look grand. How am I going to bring people into maturity? That's the job of a prophet. Is to grow people into full maturity. Now if you're a baby... You can't grow nobody into maturity. Okay. Oh, Lord. Um, just write down, y'all can read this when you get home. 1 Peter 1, verses 14 through 17. Read it when you get home. It talks about um, not walking after you. No, okay, I'm going to read it. Just let me read it. 1 Peter 1, 14 through 17, or 14 through 16, 14 through 16. Listen to what it says. It says, as obedient children... 
Now, how am, I, how am I supposed to be an obedient child of God? Not fashioning yourselves according to your, the former lust of your ignorance. So as an obedient child of God, how do I do that? By not fashioning yourself according to the former lust in your ignorance. So he says this. This is how you really become an obedient child of God. Get rid of your former, former ignorance that you had before you came to God. The word ignorance there means lack of knowledge. Lack of knowledge and moral blindness. Lack of knowledge and moral blindness. See, these are the things, these are the things that you ought to be praying for as a prophet. Lord, I break in the name of Jesus the, any area of my life that has a lack of knowledge. I break it off my life. I break it off my mind. But he says, verse 15, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you, be ye holy. Watch this. How do I, how do I, now, how do I do that? In all manner of conversation. So watch. If you're going to be a prophet, you got to watch your conversation. This is not what the Bible says. Bitter sweet water can't come from the same fountain. This is what it means. You can't speak on behalf of God and then talk on behalf of the devil. He says it here. Peter says, he says, Verse 15, but as God which has called you is holy, as God is holy, this is, how you, this is how you become holy. Be holy in all manner of conversation. Now watch this. This is outside conversation, but it's also mainly inside conversation. You talk to yourself and you talk to the devil too. Just like you talk to God and the Holy Spirit. All your conversation ain't outwardly. God, I just thank you. Sometimes you're musing, you're in your mind, you're talking. You're, there's, there's conversations happening in your, in your heart. Your conversation with God is holy. So what's unholy conversation on the inside? When you're thinking about stuff, watch this, that don't go alongside your gift. When I am thinking more about what do I do if I fail, more so than I want to please God. Does that make sense? If y'all got questions while I'm, while I'm talking, ask. Don't be afraid to ask. So it says, be holy. Now, now watch this. It says, because it's written, be holy for I am holy. All right. I'll come back through that again. Let me just give you this, the, the beginning parts of this one area, and then we're going to end. What time is it? 15. Can I do five more minutes? We got five more minutes left. Can I take five minutes, y'all? Y'all good with that? I know y'all well, got to go eat and get some coffee real quick. Right, let me help y'all. Let me do this real quick. So, the four dimensions, of, four dimensions of the prophetic realm. I want to just jump into a little bit of this slide. I didn't get to any of this last week. The four dimensions of the prophetic realm. Say four dimensions. Amen. Now, all of these dimensions operate from the Holy Spirit that works through a believer. The Holy Spirit does this. All right? So, this is what we're going to do. I want to talk about, I want to distinguish between prophetic levels and prophetic degrees. Everybody say levels and degrees. So I want to distinguish between levels and degrees. So levels speaks of strength. Levels speaks of strength. This is how strong you are in the prophetic based on what level you are. Level speaks of strength. Level speaks of strength. And this has to do with, with spiritual power. So levels, when I talk about levels, it's, talk, it's talking about strength. And it has to do with spiritual power. Now, degrees, 
deal with the current or the flow of the spirit. How this thing flows in your life and comes up out of you. So levels talks about strength. It has to do with spiritual power. Degrees talk about the current or the flow of the spirit. All right? So when you start talking about the gift of prophecy, the ministry of prophecy, and the office of, of the prophet, they're all different. Each of them come from the same spirit. They operate at different levels and different degrees of strength. All right? Does that make sense so far? Let me make sure I'm, I'm with, you're with me. All right. We'll go to Ephesians 4. I'm, I'm, let's, let's, let's look at this and see how it looks. Ephesians 4 and 11. The Apostle Paul deals with this. I'm going to read from the ESV translation. Ephesians 4. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. When you get there, say it. Say, I'm here. All right. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. I'm reading from ESV. Listen to what it says. He gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds or pastors and teachers to do what? To equip the saints for the work of ministry. Now think about that. A lot of people think that they're Pro, that they're pro, the prophet, their apostle, their evangelist, their teacher, their pre, their pastor, so that they can preach the word and get grand. When the truth of the matter is that all of those are to equip saints, people, saints for what the work of ministry. You're a prophet because your job is to equip. You're a teacher because your job is to equip. You're an evangelist because your job is to equip. Not just equip people, equip saints for the work of ministry. What is the work of ministry? Souls. Cultivating more people. Bringing more people into the kingdom. Helping people's lives to change. But how do we get that to happen if, if we're not equipping people for the work of saints, for the work of ministry? Because after we get them here, now we got to do work. And the work we got to do is the work we're doing right now. Dealing with attitudes, adjusting feelings. Come on. Getting people out of pride and arrogance. Getting people to operate and flow in their giftings. Getting them out of fear. All the stuff you have to deal with, times 10 probably. So if, so if, so if you have a hard time dealing with you, you really can't say that you're going to prophesy to somebody because your prophecy has to be to equip them for the work of ministry. How are you going to equip somebody for the work of ministry that you're not doing? We don't like that kind of stuff. So the first part of prophecy is working in ministry. Because I have to equip others to do the same thing. If, if you're going to work in, how am I going to prophesy and the prophecy has to be aligned with work, getting you to get ready to work in ministry when I don't know what that looks like? What is the work of the ministry? The work of the ministry is dealing with souls that come from various backgrounds. Preaching, teaching, prophesying, uh, um, pastoring, all of these things equip people. 
if you want to be the head honcho and the only person at the rodeo, you're never going to be able to equip anybody else because it's not about you. So watch this. If you're going, if you're going to be an apostle, a prophet, an evangelist, a pastor, or a teacher, write this down. You have to be a team player. Because all of them do something different. They all, they all do something different. All right? So it says, watch this. They're, they're to equip the saints for the work of ministry. Watch this. And then those, 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 those ministry gifts build up the body of Christ. Now, when do you stop building that person or those, 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 those groups of people? Until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God. Now, think about this. Until we get unity in the faith, until we, until we become unified about what we, what we believe and how we're going to stand on that. And until we get unified on knowing the Son of God. This is why you're supposed to prophesy. This is the why behind it. So why, why God call you to prophesy? Because my job is to equip the saints for ministry and to bring people into unity of who the Son of God is. Does that make sense? This is the basis of why you why because if someone said, why do you want to be a prophet? Why do you really feel like God's called to be a prophet? Why do you think you are a prophet? Why do you think you why why do you want to be a prophetic person? Because I really feel like God gives me words. Eh, wrong answer. I only feel like I see things. Eh, wrong answer. You have to love people. If you don't love people, you can't be a prophetic person or a prophet at all. Can't be a teacher, can't be a, a pastor. Now you can be one, but you'll be counterfeit. An apostle, come on. If you don't like, now watch, if you don't like people and you really don't like people getting equipped, then, then you can't, you can't, then you might as well leave this class now. Because chances are you can equip somebody and they go go further than you. Y'all don't like that? See, if you only in this for status, I'm the head super high prophet. Then you then something wrong. You want status. See, the title don't matter. My job is to equip saints. You, you might go to the nations. I'll be right here preaching. I'll be right here equipping and teaching because this is what God called me to do. Does it mean I won't go to the nations? No, no, that it don't mean that. But what it means is that you might go further than I ever go. My job is not to stifle your gift. But my job is to make sure that when you go, you're ready. And this is why most people miss God and don't ever get to their true assignment because they can't stay still long enough to get trained, to get taught, and then to get released. We don't like that because we think, they're holding me back, holding my gift back. I should have been to the nations five years ago. That's what you said. That might not be what he said. I'm supposed to be, I'm supposed, the Lord called me to business. I'm a marketplace prophet. Okay, so build up a business so that you can have an end to the marketplace. Amen. You, you see what I'm saying? You, how am I going to prophesy to you uh, in an area that I have no influence in or don't know anything about? Right. So I don't, if you see me, I've rarely prophesied to, to the marketplace. I don't go to IBM talking about, I have the word of the Lord. Let, me, let me talk to the president. I got a word from him. That's not my lane because I don't do, I'm not marketplace. But others of you are in here are marketplace. And what God is doing is he's equipping you 
so that when you prophesy, your words carry weight in the spirit. Does it make sense? Make sense? All right. Watch this. Um, watch this. Until we all attain the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God. Watch this. To mature manhood. This is what, this is what the prophet comes to do. To mature people into manhood, womanhood. So that means part of, part of prophecy is, is going to be dealing with structure. Structuring the lives of people so the things that have stunted them from becoming mature in their manhood or womanhood. So you'll see somebody and, you, and you'll automatically see what happened to them when they were young as a child. Why? Because your job as a prophet is to correct it prophetically so that they can mature from that into mature womanhood or manhood. Because they won't be able to go into the world and be effective as a Christian because while they are working in ministry, while they're, while they're being built up in the body of Christ, while they have the unity of, faith, of the faith of the Son of God, they haven't matured into manhood or womanhood yet. So a person can be operating in ministry but still be a little boy or a little girl because they haven't encountered a prophet that can deal with what happened to them when they were young. All right. All right, now watch this. It says, um, so that we may no longer be children. This is the reason for the evangelist, the prophet, the apostle, the pastor, and the teacher. We're supposed to work together so that we don't have children in adult bodies. This is some stuff here. He says, I don't want you to no longer be children. Watch this. And what is the nature of children? They're tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. The, the characteristic of a child is that they, their, mind cannot, their mind can't be settled on, on one thing. Every new fad that comes, they jump on it. That's the mind of a child. Think about your children. I want to get three parts of my head and two parts of my eyebrows. What are you doing this for? Because that's the style. Now, if you're 40 years old still getting parts in your eyebrow and 15 side parts on the side and a part going all around your head with an arrow on the side, then you haven't matured yet. Because eventually, eventually, you grow out of that. You grow out of fads and styles. Come on. Some of y'all like, mm -mm, I'm still doing it. No, okay. Carried about by every wind of doctrine. Wind of doctrine. Say wind of doctrine. Now, how does this happen? And we'll end, with this, we'll end with these verses. How does this happen? By human cunning. People, now prophets have to be able to see past the, exter the exterior people, people. And you have to be able to see who's surrounding them. You ever heard me prophesy? People say, you got three or four friends around you that are no good. Why? I can see that spirit. That's part of my lane. I can see that. Why? Because what am I doing here? I, this person has been, has, been, has been jumping around with so many windows. Somebody says, this is what you're supposed to do. Another friend says, this is what you're supposed to do. Another friend says, this is what you're supposed to do. Now that person is operating out of a level of confusion. And it takes a prophet to come and say, they're no good. Move them out the way because God wants to say something to you. Yes. Okay, get, get past the microphone. I have a quick question about that because I would um, normally when I would meet uh, personally when I would meet new people in my life, there are times where like I could sense like, um, okay, I feel a bad feeling about this person or what they would call women's intuition. Like mm -hmm. you just feel a little iffy about this person. Mm -hmm. So is that really like 
um, the prosthetic or no in- intuition what? is the is the beginning stage. Okay, that's something that women are naturally born with. Okay, that's a part of your favor package for your husband. Mm. Okay, <laughs> so I'll give a good example of that. Mm-hmm. When I when I first met Overseer, I was um working in Portland, Oregon. Mm-hmm. I was making a lot of money, and I had a team of people around me, and and I was just paying everybody. Mm-hmm. They weren't really doing any work. They're right. just good friends of mine. Mm-hmm. I was young, inexperienced, and I was getting good money, checks from working. And I said, hey, he's, this, the manager guy, you're supposed to pay him 20%. Then I had another guy here that was just on the team. he get a couple of hundred dollars. <laughs> Next I get She comes in and says, something wrong with this. Right. He don't really like you. He ain't for you, and you need to get rid of your manager. Mm. I said, the blood of Jesus prevails against you. These are my friends. Right. People I'd have known before, before we got married. Right. What are you doing? She said, no, no, I'm telling you what I see. I sense something is wrong with all of them, and I'm not trying to hate because you're giving them money. You owe the manager money, and the other guys, forget giving them money, but you, there's something about them you don't need to be bothered with. There was intuition. Right. Right? It wasn't like God said something. Am I Maybe did God say something? All right, so, so it was intuition. You I, I got to check and make sure I don't talk about it. It was intuition. She knew it. Just a bad feeling. I was way off. Mm, right. I was way off.